Why are there different accents in the regions of Vietnam? Why do Vietnamese have two wedding ceremonies? Why do Vietnamese have French words? Why is Vietnamese in Latin script? Why do Vietnamese ride motorbikes? You're listening to Why Do Vietnamese, a cultural podcast by Visar. Welcome to Why Do Vietnamese, Vietnamese culture talks with Visar. Each episode, we pick a new topic of why do Vietnamese do this or that and share our personal insights on the take. We hope that through these podcasts, we can help answer your questions that you didn't even know you had about Vietnamese culture. My name is Ryan, president of VSAR for 2021-2022 and your host for today. Joining me is my fellow VSAR member, Jang. Jang, would you like to introduce yourself? Oh, thank you, Brian. So hello, guys. My name is Zhang. You might also know me through my English name as Allison. And I am currently a member of the culture team. I am very excited for this podcast. So thank you, first of all, for listening. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, I know that you're in Vietnam right now, so there is a 12-hour difference between us, but you, you're still here and to here to share your experiences, and we're excited to hear what you have to share with us. So, as always, with all of our episodes, we're going to start with a V music feature before we get started into our actual topic, and this will be a song related to our um, our topic for today. If you haven't, haven't already guessed based on my background and the title of the video or the podcast, Uh, we're going to get right into the V music feature. All right, so from that song, Jiang, what do you think today's topic is going to be about? Um, well, I think I know it not only from the song, but also like from the vibe of your uh, background. Today, mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about the Moon Festival. Mm-hmm. So our today's topic is about the Jumtou or the Mid-Autumn Festival or the Moon Festival. So it's going to be the question of why do Vietnamese celebrate the Mid-Autumn Festival? So, do you already have an idea as to why we celebrate this festival? Um, well, to my perspective, I think it's more of like a 
a history thing because mm -hmm. uh you know our culture is somewhat similar to all of the like all the other asians cultures such as korea china or um well i would say mongolian as well they also celebrate this um festival according to my knowledge so first of all it's the culture and then it is also the you know history we have been celebrating it for a long time we also have a lot of folk tales and um well, I would say myth related to this mm -hmm, topic. Mm -hmm. So it is a very important part of our culture and, you know, keep celebrating them, keep eating the mooncake. Yeah. So actually the origin uh, as to what most people believe of like, not, not any myths yet, but just the origin of what we believe for where this origin of this festival came from was historically many of the Vietnamese people and East Asian peoples or just people around the world were farmers. And during this time of mid-autumn around the end of August on the lunar calendar, uh, it marks the end of a harvest season. So in order to celebrate the harvest season, they had this festival to pay homage to the moon as well as gather together as a gathering and a reason to gather together and reunite with a greater family after a year of long work and to celebrate a good harvest. Uh, it's almost like Thanksgiving in the Western world where we have it in October um, in Canada. And it's like a get together and you have foods that are comfort food that are warm, bringing together. And it's all about that fall cooler season. So that's the actual historical origin of it. But Jang, I know you mentioned that there's a lot of myths and folktales and like legends behind it so do you want to share what is one that you personally felt is one of the most popular or like something that you grew up with and it's well known around the locals because i know your experience was very different from mine growing up um so you know as a vietnamese kid who grew up in my home country i would say the most popular story regarding the moon festival is the story of chú Kui. Um, mm -hmm. So the word chú here is nah, you know, not uncle in any sense, but it's kind of like, you know, a young little boy called Goy. Um, so basically, it's about this, uh, you know, very well-behaved, very polite little boy who um, live alone in a poor village. And one day, as a reward for all of the um, good deeds that he has done throughout his life, he found this very, uh, you know, old but um, beautiful tree in the uh, forest. And um, when he was taking the tree back to the village, hoping to like sell it for an amount of money, he met a guy, like, um, I would say like a very mysterious old man not a guy and mm -hmm. um the old man was like hey you really should you know keep that tree it's gonna help you to uh bring people back from the death or cure off the illnesses in the world so he listened to the old man which is odd you know you don't listen to strangers um and he kept the trees but uh one day he saved a rich girl from dying of um I would say it's like a heart disease or something very fatal and she became his wife. However, um, it was also her and her, I, I would say like um, she was not a very, uh, you know, careful person. So she um, watered the tree with dirty water and uh, the tree ended up like flying up to the sky. So Goy wanted to keep his tree and he hold on to the roots and unfortunately, 
um, the tree pull him up to the moon as well. So now if you ever, you know, stand, stand, stand up on your balcony and you look at the moon, you're gonna see, um, you know, kind of like a shadow of a big tree and a boy or a man sitting under it in that. But, um, you know, I wouldn't say that you should look at the uh, moon landing or any of those scientific video and look for Goy. But, well, deep in my mind, you know, the kid inside me still believe that Goy is there on the moon. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a really interesting story, too. I think it's like I, I hear like some people, they will look at the moon. They say, oh, like you can see the shape of the tree and him sitting under the tree. Like, no, you got get that, right? And they like he's blowing the flute or something like that. And I think one of the another variation of that story was in the beginning, a tiger mom was saving her cub with the leaves and then he took it back. Like there was also that variation. Like I know there's a lot of variations of this story. So for our viewers slash listeners, um, if you had a slightly different, um, it's we're not saying that your your version was not true or anything. Uh, we're just saying we want to raise awareness that there's lots of different variations when it comes to history and culture. Uh, and same with that moving forward in our episode, we were, we were just sharing our personal experiences and things that we thought was popular and nice to share. But of course, if you had a different experience in your own personal life, that's obviously part of culture as well, as it does vary between families and region. So yeah, so thank you for sharing that, Jang. Like, that was like, honestly, a very nice story. I think it's lots of kids in Vietnam know about it. And it's just the iconic story of the Mid-Autumn Festival. As you heard with our V Music feature, the song was about Tango. It's called Tango. So it's about Joko going to the, the moon and he's lonely on the moon and like, oh, I wonder how he's feeling. Like that's what the lyrics are in the song. And so that is just one of the first origins and the traditions for the reason behind the Mid-Autumn Festival. So to answer our why do Vietnamese celebrate the Mid-Autumn Festival, first of all, it's to celebrate the harvest and the gathering and reunion. Thirdly, it's to celebrate Jokoi on the moon. That's why. Wow, it's such a sad story, you know, like living it on is. the moon by himself. Well, I think there's mm-hmm. like a fairy called um, Chi Hang, but you know. Chi Hang. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so- there's Chi Hang and then there's also Tong Up, the, the Jade Rabbit. Yes. <laughs> so, but that's like more of the Chinese story where there's the uh, Chang'e was taken to the moon after with the nine suns. And that's like the different Chinese legend as well. Uh, but yeah. So in terms of the tradition, so we know that there's this story, but for you, Jan, growing up in Vietnam, uh, what were some of the traditions that you did in Vietnam from Vietnam Festival? Like, could you just list a few? I would say like my favorite is uh, because it involves eating and I love mooncakes. I love fruits. I love all of the, uh, you know, all of the sweet stuff that they offer children during the mid-autumn festival. And um, during Fako is one of the few occasions when I actually gather with all of my cousins, like people from my extended family. And uh, like my grandparents would put something together for us so that we can go and snatch it just like during the month of the hungry ghost um another thing about fako is that it's gonna be paired with uh you know lanterns like showing off what lanterns your parents get you um of course you know nowadays lanterns are just for instagram pictures 
for me. But back then, I really like holding them around and you know playing the music and them, especially like those with batteries. They were so luxurious. Mm-hmm. I enjoy holding them around the neighborhood. And I would say when there is faco, it's not just something for the children. It's also um, an occasion for older members of the family to come together after like you know a long time of not seeing each other because of works and personal stuff. Another thing that um, I want to talk about is actually a very spooky one. Um, it is Malon. So uh, Malon is kind of like a spiritual act of um, interacting <laughs> with um, kind of like a young ghost, you know, like the ghosts of children who die early, which sound very like dreadful. But um, basically, you're gonna offer the young ghost a little bit of rice, or um, you know, when I used when I did it with kids in my neighborhood, they even put milk in va, and um, whoever ends up with the uh, the can because you know I have a can right here like that. Whoever ends up with the can running after them is gonna get caught by the melon. But um, the reason why you have a can following you after is because uh, one of your friends who are playing with you, they tie um, like a you know little knots around your ankle, so the can just keep on like dragging along to a sign when you are like walking away. Um, I wouldn't recommend this to people who are afraid of ghosts. So um, you know, it's not a game for everyone, but you definitely should try. I think. Uh... That one is, they use the metal can, like the 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 condensed milk can, right? The long suam ta, right? And then, yeah, and then they, I think what the tradition was one stick of incense mop nen yang, and then also a piece of candy, right? And then they had like a kau teng jiu, like a like a, a incantation that they would say, uh, and it would be like to wake up or to bring the spirit of like a, a kid. That died really young. In in Vietnam, we believe that the spirits of children or babies who have died are very very strong and they're very powerful, and they can hurt you a lot because they have so much positive energy in them because they have like they're at a very young age and they're very innocent, so they have very powerful spirits out there. So we never want to mess with them. So it's really encouraged that you don't do it uh, because you could actually anger like a, a child's spirit if you don't play with them. Because the whole thing is you call them up so that they can play with you, and there's a saying where whoever plays with them, their ankles will be bruised because the can hits their ankles. Um, But as Jiang mentioned, it's just like almost like a gimmick, like a prank where the kids play with each other, where they just tie like a, the string around each other's like ankles, and they run, and it looks like the can is chasing them, but it's just like a prank. But obviously, you never know with the unexplained of the spiritual world, as we mentioned in our previous episode. Don't mess with them because you never know, right? Yep. So aside from that, was there any other like? Personal stories or like traditional from this festival. Knowing that you grew up in Vietnam, so you had a different experience. What were some of those that you thought were like your favorite memories aside from the ones you've already mentioned? Like you mentioned Faco, and then what else is there? Well, I would say like my uh, favorite memory of all is when I MC for my school Mid Autumn Festival in Grade Five. Uh, so you know, from Grade Five and up. 
I stopped celebrating Moon Festival with kids in my neighborhood because we are not that young anymore. You know, no one's gonna offer us mooncakes or anything. So I was celebrating at um, Vietnam Australia International School (VAS), my school back in Vietnam. And uh, when I MC, it is like you know the first time that I ever stood on a stage with so many people underneath. And then um, I also got uh, gifted a pair of uh, ears, like rabbit ears, from uh, my teachers back then, because um, mm-hmm. you know I was being uh, tongue up. And you know when I got into public speakings, I always remember my first time emceeing on stage. It's kind of like shaped the talkative person I am. Like mm-hmm. if it wasn't for that um, occasions, I wouldn't be here talking to you either. You know, <laughs> so yeah. So you're saying that that was like a pivotal moment in your childhood where it just really led you to almost self-discovery, but it was all thanks to this festival in some way. Yep, for sure. Uh, so did you celebrate um, moon, the Moon Festival at all in Canada or do you just hear about it from your parents? Well, actually here in the GTA, so I don't know where you were in Canada, but where I grew up in the GTA, there was a lot of the Asian community nearby with my family and also with the locals and friends. So what we did was obviously when you go to the Chinese supermarket, you'd see mooncake everywhere. And now it's gotten so big where you find it at Costco, you find it at Walmart, you find it at like all the Western grocery stores, they carry mooncake too. So it's like they're part of the celebration too. And in Chinatown, there was like the, like, I think there was festivals sometimes and sometimes there's night markets for like the harvest festival. But uh, for my own family, what the tradition was, we'd always kumjang, so like offer to the moon on the night of the full moon, uh, and there would be mooncakes, taro, tea, and like fruits, obviously, um, as well as candles, incense, like offering, well, wishing for good health and like happiness and just uh, reunited as a family. And we'd also like have mooncake. So I, I make mooncake myself at home. And I also sometimes buy it. Um, but that's a tradition for me now that every year I would make a lot of the mooncake. Um, and so that's like a recipe that's passed down from my great aunt. So I like to keep it in, in the tradition of the family. And I also, there's lanterns, as you can see in my background. I brought these from Vietnam, so I wanted to bring the festival here and share it because I think it's a really big part of history and tradition, but it's not even an official holiday in Asia. Like, it's just like at night, like, you know, like it's not even like a day off of work, but um, it's here in Canada, it's even harder um, because it's not even like really recognized as much. Well, not until recent years, actually, but it almost feels like a commercial holiday in some way. Um, I don't know if you agree with this, but it kind of feels like they're just trying to sell things in some way because there's no really family gathering anymore because with all of our busy lives and society and the way things are shaped with it, um, it's kind of lost its original charm in some way. So what do, what do you think about this? Do you agree? Like, mm. How do you feel about this? Like, honestly, I agree with the fact that um, the Moon Festival, like any other festival and holidays are being commercialized. Um, So, you know, just to compare, if you look at Valentine, it's not just, you know, actually an occasion where you express your feelings for the loved one. But it is also kind of like, uh, 
you know, an occasion for a chocolate shop to put things on like a higher price. And、uh, similarly, if you look at the Moon Festival, not many children enjoy mooncakes, and not many of them were allowed to have mooncakes because of the parents' tough diets. So most of the mooncakes nowadays are just for you know gift givings to your boss or your coworkers as. A note to say that, like, oh, don't forget to help me out at work. Okay, I'm remembering. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean, right? And、yeah. um, well, another thing is that、uh, most of the Moon Festival activities, including concerts and,、um, I guess, like even those that are for children, are being, you know. So at a very high price, like for the tickets, entries, and stuff like that. And another thing that I want to say is that.、Um, You know, long dan of the lanterns that are around you. There are so many new models of them every year to attracting kids to convince their parents to kind of like you know spend money. So no, if you you know watch the commercials about the moon festival or if you give away moon cakes, that is not like、um, the deepest meaning of the moon festival. It is、uh, more of like. Commercializing it and giving marketing companies a chance to make money from it, but again, like festival is、uh, the way you celebrate it. If you still choose to do it the way I do, which is you know staying at home, eating mooncakes, and gift your boyfriend slash girlfriend if you have one a call saying you love them, then yeah, it is you know still a perfect moon festival as its traditional、mm-hmm. meaning. Yeah, I think you have a really good point there. It really depends on how you celebrate it, right? Like that's a really good point there, because even as society moves forward and as people change with commercialization of things, as long as your family or your personally you're choosing to keep a tradition, that's all that really matters, because that is what's keeping it alive and providing a tradition. So, like, I feel like what you mentioned with like the whole lanterns thing, it almost feels like it's just an electronic toy now. Like, it's just plastic now, is it not? And they're just battery, and they have like music and things.、Um, like, they're not the like these traditional style where like, they're folded and they you put a candle in it. It's more of like the battery type, or sometimes they're made of printed paper. Now it's not even like handmade or anything anymore. So I feel like that in some way also lost its like a、um, like a craft was lost. The whole craft behind the the traditional dangum sao, like the star lantern,、um, that's made of cellophane and bamboo frame. That is like the one of the most iconic symbols of the the Jum Tho or Midnight Festival in Vietnam, and that is slowly disappearing because kids nowadays they play. I think there was like. Some applications where they do an electronic, like on your phone, like a lamdang on your phone, where like they hold their their smartphone and it's like the picture of a lantern, and they say, "Yeah, that's your lantern there," because there's no more attraction behind it because they don't hang out with their friends, and especially with the way things now are, everything's just kind of digital. I think it's lost its really the whole purpose and its charm in some way, but、uh, obviously, with as society becomes more modern, so. Is there any like interesting or like crazy wacky things that you've seen like on the internet with the new modernization of this holiday? Like any trends, anything that you think is interesting and worth trying?、Um, well, speaking of trends, I think we have to talk about TikTok. So、um, recently, I saw this、uh, video on making sandwich mooncake, and、uh, well, it's basically very、um, simple. You just kind of like blend the mooncakes out. So,、uh, no, not the mooncakes, the sandwich. <laughs>、uh, 
sorry. Just kind of like blend like 10 pieces of sandwich out so that they become the um, flowers and then you add a little bit of milk in there. And then mm -hmm. if you want, you can put like food coloring, but like, please like do not make white mooncakes. You know, it's weird. And uh, you should go on Shopee or Lazada or, you know, anywhere you can find um, the, how, how do I call this? Kind of like the molds. Yeah. The mold. Like oh the yeah, mold. the mold. Yeah. Yep. Well, kind of like you find a mold for the um, moon for the mooncake. It can be round or it can be uh, triangle triangular. Like it's totally up to you. And mm -hmm. you put the flour, like the blended sandwich, in. And uh, if you want, you can put like um, I would say green beans, red beans, or any fillings that you like inside that. And then you bake it in your um, air fryer. Oh my god, <laughs> air fryer. Yep, which is a very popular item during the pandemic for about like 25 minutes and it would become a mooncake. Uh, so I talked to some of my friends who try out a recipe and their mooncakes were, you know, looking ugly because it's been in the air fryer for either too long or too short. So like, I wouldn't recommend you doing it. But, um, you know, if anyone who is watching this Success, can you please send me your um, like recipe or whatever that you did for your sandwich mooncake? I want to find out. So you mean sandwich like it's made of toast, right? Like sliced bread? Yes, but you have to uh, blend them out, you know, and then dip mm -hmm. them in milk. Oh my god, that's like really weird, like with the whole... <laughs> it's a TikTok trend. Um, but I think it's like one of those cool foodie trends that's... Kind of, it's like you want to try it because you're curious, like, is it actually going to work or not? But the whole thing about the air fryer, I got to say, that's so on trend. Air fryer food is like one of the hottest trends right now. And I'd say if you air fry mooncake, that's you are 2020 trending. Like, that's what it is. Like, you are relevant now. <laughs> so um, I think another thing that I saw going around on Vietnamese internet and social media was the whole thing about uh, somebody was photoshopping the mooncake fillings. So there was like some really crazy ones. Like they put cilantro or like... K-pop. K-pop artists, yeah. Uh, like, do you mm -hmm. want to eat him, you know? <laughs> what, what, what were some of the crazy ones that you saw? Um, like one of the worst one was uh, Gok Tung Anh. And it's a for the, um, you know... Two K four, yeah, two thousand and four kid who is gonna be, uh, like going into university, taking the high school exam at the end of the year. So, mm -hmm. um, like if you're so lost in English, if you're so lost in math or physics, like you should eat a piece of um physics fillings mooncake or you know, and um another one is the one is that uh oh yeah Lee Min Ho he was in uh, Eternal Monarch. Yeah. And so many of his pictures were photoshopped in mooncake fillings. And they were kind of like um, all over my social media because I like him too. And then if you watch New uh, Yi you know, or Zin Hikom Luk, um, all of the uh, like male stars are, you know, appear inside mooncake fillings as well. So... Oh my god. <laughs> That's kind of funny. It's like I would open Facebook last year and I would see the most random fillings in there. And it was... Like the whole thing you mentioned about the testing, it's like the the mindset that, you know, when you're about to go to an exam and you take your textbook and you put it on your head, it's like absorb it. Like 
except now you're eating it in the form of a mooncake. But can you imagine though, if they actually sold like, this is physics mooncake. That's a good marketing idea. I should do that, you know? <laughs> I think I need um, an accounting mooncake. You know what I mean? Oh my God. <laughs> It'll be like the Excel spreadsheet on the mold of the mooncake. And then you're like eating the knowledge inside of you, so like an Excel. Um, so on this topic now, instead of like crazy fillings, what is your favorite mooncake type filling? Like regional style and f- like actual filling too. Uh, okay, so you're gonna, everyone might hate me for this, but I seriously hate red beans and all of the mooncakes without, uh, you know, meat and, um, you know, like a big piece of eggs. Well, eggs is always well, you know, um, but I seriously dislike mochi fillings uh, along with like all of the uh, like new fillings that people keep on mixing up such as you know chocolate or vanilla or anything that is being offered at Tula Jour. Uh Well I would prefer chicken or um, fish. Fish would be okay like um, you know the small pieces that were crushed yet and they mix it with a lot of sugar and some uh, Vietnamese sausages, as in like lap suong, you know, and it's mm-hmm. all inside the feelings. Um, well, that is not just sweet stuff, but it is also a little bit like um, savory. Like you can actually dip it in uh, soy sauce or fish sauce. And, you know, you can hate me for this or you want, but yeah, whatever mooncakes you're eating that is mochi or, um, well, red beans or green beans sucks. Oh, wow. Okay. That's a strong statement you made there. <laughs> You're asking for people to come against you. Uh, wait, but you, you like dip it in like soy sauce and like fish sauce. So could you like eat it with rice? Technically, it's like as if you're eating no. it with rice. Because like the outside layers is already carb. So you have carb and you have protein in the... You can have it for breakfast, but like put it in the... Oh my gosh. Air fryer. Yeah. Oh my god, the air fryer again. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, that that would be assorted. So the one you're mentioning is like different types of tap gum, right? Like the assorted ones. Yes. Those ones, right? Those, I find that they're always like kind of expensive. Like um, I've seen some of them when I was in Vietnam, I would see they would be like like abalone and like shark fin like in the mooncake and for those viewers or listeners who haven't heard about this before it's not like it's not like full-on like meat or like whatever in there it's candied so like jang mentioned like it's mixed with a lot of syrup uh, sesame seeds sometimes nuts like cashews almonds and different things and they mix it together into a melange and then it's like a candied block and then they put it into the skin and then they bake the skin um and that would be the actual mooncake it's the assorted one, or I think some people call it the five kernel one here. Um, but in Vietnam, there's some bakeries, like the specialty ones too. Really, really fancy ones. And I think sometimes it's a single mooncake can go up to 20 to $30, like just one. Yeah, because it has like so many expensive ingredients in there. Like there's some of them that have the traditional herbal medica- medicine, like um, Eastern medication, like... Um, ginseng and like uh the mushrooms sh- shiitake mushrooms ginger and like all those really expensive things i think there's sea cucumber in some of them too and it's just really extravagant in so many different ways but i was always questioning 
it's not even gonna taste good like that's not even a dessert anymore i can't even like <laughs> but that would be definitely something that you want to get for your boss it's expensive it shows you're classy it's like showing your it's almost in some way where now there's a level of prestige with the ranks of mooncakes i don't know if you noticed that um where like the regular like lower brand yeah the box and also the actual filling too and how many egg yolks how many salted duck egg yolks are in there um sometimes there's eight in there like i've seen like the big one there's eight salted duck eggs in there um and like there's like the regular brands like gundo or like um uh, and then there's like the more higher end ones like Hila Mom. Yeah, or like those like spe- specialty bakery inns there. And then in Vietnam, there's also the coffee shops also all have mooncakes. So Starbucks, uh, Phu Plum Cafe, uh, Coffee House. Um, what else is there? Uh, it's not good though. Don't try it. Really? It's, it's not, not good? good? Because they don't have, uh, you know fish or meat or oh okay that's why because okay yeah that's not the majority just <laughs> um have you had the oreo mooncake before i know that's going around in vietnam a lot the oreo one yep i actually try it at um my mom's friend's house when she offer it and it doesn't taste very good because again like i don't like the way you know they mix uh foreign flavors into um on Asian cuisines, like, you know, cuisines are cultures, like, please do not mix them too much. It might not taste good. And another thing is that, you know, if you eat an Oreo, the cookie is going to make up for the sweetness of, uh, like, the cream at the, um, you know, at the middle. But mm-hmm. since it is a mooncake, like, everything is just so sweet. It's kind of like eating two spoons of sugar. One- oh, my God. Yeah. I can imagine that's... It, does it taste like a blent up Oreo except with so much extra f- like cream and sugar? Is that what it tastes like? Exactly what it is. Oh gosh. Well, I guess for... Is that what at, um, you know, your place? Like in Canada? No, uh, I think there's people who bring it over from overseas like as like carry-ons like and they sell it. Right? It's like hang you know, you're gonna have money to buy that. And it's like, you could probably order it and have it shipped here, but... See, hearing this, it's probably not worth it. Um, they would probably charge you like fifty plus dollars to get it here. So, that was one of the things I wanted to try when I was in Vietnam, but I didn't get a chance to. Um, next time I will, but uh, kind of like it's one of those things where you just want to try for the sake of trying it. You know, like it's you gotta try it once in your life. You know, um, but you know what? For our listeners and viewers, if you saw that going around on the internet, the Oreo mooncake is not worth it if you do not like eating two spoons of sugar PSA for everybody okay so knowing how you were in Canada for a few years so how was your experience living abroad when it came to the time of this festival like how did it make you feel like what was your mindset and how like what were your emotions basically and what was your experience living overseas during this like during this festival Well, like, um, during my time in Canada, I actually did not um, feel many moon festival vibe similarly to Tet because people do not celebrate them. Like, of course, when I was living with my uh, relative family, I felt, you know, a little bit when they, I felt it a little bit when they uh, brought home some moon cakes and stuff. But uh, 
when I asked my friend at school about this festival, not many of them know about it. But um, you know, my Korean friends take this festival very seriously. I guess it's because of um, her culture. So we actually went to um, Centra. Uh, you know, guys, if you live in Newmarket or a rural area, there is a Centra. You should Uber there or bus there. I don't know, but they sell very good mooncakes, and they do not have even though they do not have the uh, fillings that I like, but. You know, at least you can have a piece of mooncake and call it the Moon Festival. Mm -hmm. So I think, honestly, overseas it's so hard to get that festival feeling, and you don't really have it because none of your neighbors are celebrating it. You don't go out because I know in Vietnam, like if you live in the alley in the ham, you open your door and you would see like all the kids. Like playing, or like you would have like everybody like gathering. You'd see every household to have like a gathering and a family get together, and it just felt warm and like as if you're all together. And it felt like even though you were so far apart, you came together for this one thing, and you are Duang Ving, so like you are together for the like to represent like the full moon, which is why there's so many like symbolic items in the Moon Festival that represent togetherness. First of all, being the full moon. Being the brightest, being the most warm, everybody's together to represent that. And then there's also the mooncakes; they're round, represent togetherness. The egg yolk filling is also round to represent togetherness. And the traditional lanterns, some of them are round too. And there's also the hot pot. I think some people eat hot pot, right, during the moon festival a lot because first of all, that's a, a activity that you have to do together with your family or as a group. So you're already together. And the round pot. Once again, represents the togetherness because you typically eat it at a circle table. So there's a lot of symbolic items around this festival that I think are really important and really nice to share with the future generations or even just people who are not within our community and to share the culture and have cultural appreciation um, for each other. Um, so yeah, that's one of the things that I thought was really nice that I wanted to share. Um, but I hopefully one day they can. Bring and make more of a importance here in Canada. Yeah, <laughs> is there any traditions that you feel that you want to really preserve or keep, and or like have it brought over here in Canada? Um, I would say the number one tradition is to have a fako. You know, if I ever raise my kids in the future in Canada, I would like them to experience fako at some point. And um, you know, I would always do hot pot during the Moon Festival. Like, I really like to you know inform people from different cultures of my culture. That is the biggest reason why I joined the culture team. Uh, and also, you know, I wouldn't recommend trying Malon, but I would love to see Vazar um, doing it together without me next year. Um, <laughs> yeah, when the pandemic is over and we can go on campus and do that, you know. But without me, uh, I'm not trying. I'm not, you know, joining. I'm just watching. You know what? Let's not mess with the spirits. Um, there's <laughs> a lot of stories going on campus, but uh, if you're on campus, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but if not, then let's not mess with the spiritual world because you never know when you might anger them. Uh, that's a good PSA. Don't mess with the spirit world, as I said in the previous episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, I do agree that those are really nice traditions that we can hopefully bring here one day and. 
it's unfortunate that this year in Vietnam, the pandemic, you cannot do it and enjoy it, even though you're in Vietnam, because it would have been nice if you were able to share your experiences with us uh, through our social media platforms with your experiences. But of course, safety first. Um, I hope that everybody is staying safe. Um, and as I said in our last episode, hopefully in the next episode, we'll be in the studio. But as you can see, we're not. Um, so... <laughs> I mean, it's better than nothing. We're still here. We're still, we want to share as much as possible. And we appreciate that everybody is taking the time to listen to us as well as follow us. And your feedback is really valued and we really appreciate it. And we want to continue to work towards a better podcast and bringing better topics. So when you ever want or you think of anything of why do Vietnamese do this or that, feel free to email us, DM us on Instagram or reach us to us on our Facebook page at VSAR Ryerson. And you can just let us know what your suggestions are. So before we wrap up our episode today, Jiang, do you have anything that you want to share for our audience or anything that you want to say? Um, first of all, thank you for, you know, being here and listening to us. Uh, and I've been enjoying my time with Brian here so far. You know, he makes me feel hope that someday Canada Moon Festival is going to be like an actual and traditional moon festival just like in Vietnam and if you're listening to this don't forget to uh you know stop eating all the uh lame no saying green beans uh, red beans fillings and start eating my kind of fillings which is the assorted ones okay and don't forget to buy those um big expensive with like uh you know a nice golden um box moon cakes for your boss now you know how to impress him during the season. Thank you for oh listening. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a good PSA. I have debates for that. Nhưng đầu sân is... You know what? Never mind. Nhưng đầu sân and nhưng chào sân. That's my favorite. And I like nhưng hạc sang too. What? That's what I like. Ew. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh wow. Okay. I see the offense here. I see the shade being thrown. Very nice of you as well. <laughs> But um, I do agree. I hope that one day through these initiatives that we are doing now, we are basically planting the seed for the future of we will be able to keep this as a record. And who knows, maybe from now, if you are viewing this five years now into the future, whoever you are watching this, let me just tell you that I will make it uh, into something big. And if you're watching this in the future, um, my future team or whoever there is, uh, just know that I worked towards this. <laughs> Um, well, thank you so much, Jiang, for joining me today. Uh, this brings us to the end of our fourth and special Mid-Autumn Festival. I'd like to thank our viewers and our listeners so much again for tuning into our episode and listening us all the way to the end and for your endless support towards us. For more information on the Mid-Autumn Festival or for more cultural things about Vietnamese culture, please follow us on VSAR Ryerson on Instagram for culture posts that we post twice a week, as well as different activities and our upcoming events that we have now that the school year has begun. So thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. We hope to see you again in our future episodes. Remember to stay safe, uh, have fun, uh, enjoy the Moon Festival, and remember to stay curious and ask, why do Vietnamese? Yep. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> You're listening to Why Do Vietnamese, a cultural podcast by Visar. <laughs>